0: Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, Stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now I know the setting of this text. I know that the, the people of God, have uh, the, the Judaizers and, and the religious crowd have tried to bring them back under the law. And they're no longer under law, they're under the grace of God. Because of what Jesus has done, we have freedom. Another verse comes to my mind uh, when he said, If you've been set free, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. This morning, if you're saved by God's grace, and you've been washed in the blood of Calvary, you've been set free, don't let anybody bring you back under that bondage. You're not to wear that yoke anymore. And if you're glad you're free, will you say amen? Amen. Now we're celebrating the freedom of a nation, yes. But oh, far more than that. We're not only free as a nation. And thank God for those who paid the ultimate price and who are on foreign soils right now serving that we might be free and stand today and preach the way I'm preaching and sing the way this choir and, and the musicians have shared with us. Thank God for that. But beyond that, we are deeper. We have, there's a deeper freedom. And that is the freedom we have in Jesus Christ because of the bloodshed on His cross. I'm chewing on all of this and praying about it. And, uh, and the Lord brings a couple of thoughts to my mind. And this morning I want to preach for a little while on just simply standing in freedom. Our, uh, our leaders have said to us that we believe we're going to face some of the most challenging moments in the next few years. As to why we believe what we believe. If we're willing to stand on the truth of God and the Word of God and what Jesus has said. You're going to be challenged at every side. You're going to be challenged to compromise. And there are many a Christian that live a convenience Christian life. When it's convenient to be a Christian on Sunday, they can smile and bring a Bible as big as a Raleigh telephone book. Do they still have telephone books anymore? I remember they used to have them. Well, and, and they're they are easy to say, oh, we just agree with all of that until they get out in the workplace and in the marketplace and their faith is challenged and the truth is challenged. They're shaken to the core. And then they cave in and they say nothing. And they let the world keep streaming by, steaming over us. When we have in our hand, and I hope you have a copy of it in your hand, the living, true, unadulterated, infallible inspired word of God through which to build our lives upon it. it's our foundation if it's not your foundation you're in trouble you're in trouble but this morning thinking about liberty i thought about that doctrine of individual soul liberty that has been a baptist distinctive but beyond that it's a bible distinctive we We don't just uh, look at it as a doctrine of the Baptist church. Individual soul liberty means that your children will make their own decision before God. They have liberty as a living, breathing soul. We're going to talk about that. Go back with me to Genesis 1 real quick. We're going to start in Genesis 1 in just a moment. But, But individual soul liberty. We have liberty. Some would say all of our free choices have been taken away too. Sorry. Not according to God's Word. You have the choice to believe and stand in freedom because of what Jesus did on that cross. I have the choice to say yes to Jesus or no to Jesus. Well, looking through these truths, I've noticed some things about my freedom in Jesus Christ that I have. The freedom that I have in God. The freedom that I have in Jesus to believe some things. And I just want to walk through several of those things. And I want to ask you, can you stand firm in these freedoms as well with us? And can we stand as a congregation? Now, do we agree on everything? Heavens, no. But we have to agree on the main things. If we're going to covenant together as a fellowship, how are we going to keep there from being division? Well, there's some things we stand in, in freedom about. And there are some non-negotiables. And then there are some things that are left to To your interpretation of the scriptures. Number one, I have freedom in Jesus to believe Genesis chapter one that God spoke and that God speaks through His word. Are you listening to me? I have freedom to believe that. You say, "Well, I don't believe that the Bible is all inspired. I think there are errors in it." Well, would you please, after the service, come and show me one? Because I have had lots of—I've challenged lots of people for that, as we all have. And I've never seen one. I've seen some that are perceived by some to be errors. But when you look closely, you will find that because God spoke it and because God is all authority and God is sovereign and in complete control, there are no errors in the Bible. He would not have allowed anything to be left in inspired Scripture. It was not true. You say, how do you believe that? What makes you? Well, I have freedom to believe that. You can't change what I believe. You can try This government may change Our country may change. The world may change. But you can't control what I think. You can't control what I believe. Why? Because I have freedom in Jesus to believe, number one, that God spoke and that God speaks through His words. Look at verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then look at verse 3. And God said, let there be light. Verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament." Verse 9. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered. And verse 14. And God said, let there be lights. You know what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews? God who at sundry times and in divers manners. By the way, don't let those words... Tear your nerves up. That's beautiful language. That's befitting and be, could bequeathed to a holy God. Don't you jerk my God down in modern lingo. He don't, he's not down here with us. You don't have to slang my Bible up. I kind of like that term. I'll say that one more time. God, who at sundry times, many times, and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last times spoken to us through His Son, Jesus. And you know what He said about Jesus? In the beginning was the what? Word. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. And guess what you have in your hand? God's Word. He's the living Word. This is the written Word. Number one, I have freedom to believe that God spoke and that God still speaks through His Word. If you believe that, say amen. amen. I have freedom number two. You know what, I'm, re- I'm in Genesis, I didn't tell you why. Because I heard somebody say, real smart man say, that the first 11 chapters of your Bible contain, at least in introductory fashion, every major doctrine. And I've been checking him out on that, and I believe it's true. I asked our pastor, you know what he said? At least they're referred to initially. They're, they're, uh, they're meat put on that bone later in the Scriptures, but... First 11 chapters, I would encourage everybody to have a foundation for your life. It needs to be the Word of God. And the Word, in the beginning of the Word, Genesis 1 through 11, saturate yourselves with it. Get in it. Know it. Understand it. My six grandchildren are here this morning, to which I'm quite proud. But you know what I want for my grandchildren more than anything else in the world? I want them to know God. I want them to know God's Word. I want them to be grounded in the truth of the Scriptures. If that's your prayer, daddies and granddaddies and mamas and grandmamas, would you say amen one time? That's my desire. That's why you'll hear these boys and girls quote Scripture on Wednesday night. If I didn't come for any other reason, I'd come on Wednesday night to hear those boys and girls quote Scriptures and sing Scriptures. If you've got boys and girls, bring them. Bring them on Wednesday night and let them be a part of this. They learn how to publicly speak. Public speaking scares a lot of people don't scare our youngins. They've been doing it since they were a little bitty. Our intern now that is called to preach somewhere in this room he, uh, he started out on these steps or on those steps over yonder quoting the scriptures we stand on and teach and preach and encourage the word of God number two I have freedom in Jesus to believe that God created all of this all of this and I mean way beyond this building encompassing the whole earth look if you will the Bible says in chapter um, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth it's pretty much as simple as that Jehovah Yahweh is God there is one true God I have faith to believe that I have freedom to believe that there aren't many gods there is one God amen or not That's what the Bible says. You say, how do you come you believe that? Because the Bible says it. You know, I've simplified my life and yet I believe it's as deep as the ocean. I've simplified my life to take a stand in liberty that the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, if the Bible says it, I believe it. You believe it. If the Bible says it, we stand upon it. If the Bible says it, this church intends to practice it because we are Bible people. And I have faith and I have freedom in Jesus to believe that God created all this. Well, pastor, don't you believe that? It's so foolish because you're, you're dismissing science. Oh, no, we're not. No, what's happening is a bunch of scientists have lost their minds. And they're taking you to rings on trees and telling you that this means that this is a million years old. Well, what do you mean? Who told you that? Do you know anybody that was living back then? And how in the world? that's not an exact science? Here's what we know: that there is a creator and there is intelligent design. Well, wait a minute. what about the Big Bang theory? Well, what about the spinning organism and how the turtle and the frog and now it all became a man? And all it, Pastor, don't you understand evolution? Are you ignorant? I am ignorant, but I do understand the Bible. And the truth of the Bible clearly states there was a God before the foundation of the world, and that God was in three persons. We're going to see it in a moment, and they created the Earth as you know it and everything in it. You know how old this world is. Well, it's millions of years.'t you read the science books. Six to 10,000 years is what Bible believers, many of us, believe. Listen to me, young people, before you go off to college and listen to somebody that's educated often and listening and reading everybody else. Listen to me now. God, what we can trace of human history, six to ten thousand years. And there are many scientists that are now embracing this very fact. I have freedom to believe that God created all of this and that He is God alone. In a literal six days, absolutely, God created the heaven and the earth. If you believe that, say amen. You don't have to. You don't have to. But it will give you peace to know you can run to the Bible when you're troubled about all these questions and issues. Number three. Now this is going to get a little controversial, so buckle up and don't get mad about it. You don't might not agree with everything. You might have family members that are embracing other ways of thought. I do. I have people in our family that take different positions. I'm just going to show you what the Bible says. I have freedom to believe. Number three, that God made men and women. God made man and woman. I want you to look down to chapter 1 and verse 26. Chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Genesis 1:26, let us, there's your Trinity, make man in our image. By the way, man came first. Don't make us any better, any smarter. Just means. A woman, a man didn't come from woman. A woman came from man. And then on, and that's pretty important. We're going to see that in a minute. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. mean? Made, I made in the image of God. You made in the image of God after his likeness. I made in his likeness. Yep. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. They're supposed to have dominion over us, Pastor. That new red Peter's statement? <laughs> no, I have not. And I love animals. I really do. Cooked. Well done. tipped. With a little. Yeah, I do. Farm animals, etc. I appreciate them. Listen to me. I have freedom to do that, by the way. But I want you to notice what he said about man and woman. Pretty important. There are like five different things that are controversial in the world today. And this one verse clears up all that. Number one, we are one race. If we believe God created. Listen to this. If we believe God created the world and God created man and then brought woman about through the side of a man, if we really believe that, listen to me, we're not many races, we're one race. That takes care of the whole issue of all of the all the division and the divisiveness and the anger and the oppression uh, 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 ideas. And by the way, I'm not proud or pleased and preach hard against those sad moments in history. When because of sin, we decided to enact things like slavery and other things that if nobody should own anybody. We are made in the image of God. We all have value based on that. And because of that, listen to this. You know what oppression really is? The greatest oppression is sin. That's where all of it came about. And the greatest oppressor is the devil. When you get that down inside, you'll begin to understand. And you won't see people divided by you're a victim and you're a victor. You're an oppressor and you're you're oppressed. The truth is, Jesus Christ came to set us free. Amen or not? I'm talking about freedom. And we have freedom to believe that there's one race. Watch this. We have freedom to believe as we think about God creating man and woman. Listen to this. We have freedom to believe. Are Are you looking at this? That we have value. That human life has value. Which means you ain't supposed to kill somebody. He said that in His his commandments. I I know there there are some that in years gone by have faced this tragedy. not thinking of anybody in particular. But you're not to take the life in the body of a woman either. And you don't have the right, ma'am or sir, to take the life of an innocent child. I have freedom to believe what the Bible says about that. And I want you to listen carefully to it. I want you to listen carefully. And that's pain for those that have ever gone through it. And the blood of Jesus Christ can wash that away too. But I want you to understand that life has value. You know why people will take their own life? You know why? Because they don't think they have any value. When you don't see yourself as any value, when you don't know, we got to teach our kids this. That's why I love what we're doing in training our boys and girls and our teenagers. Because if you grow up thinking that you came from some little... Uh, Microbe of some sort and you weren't created in the image of God by God for an intended purpose you won't have any reason to be around you won't think you matter at all when you're gone your little blip on the computer but instead I want you to know that God Almighty made you in His image for a particular purpose to glorify His name and to touch the lives of so many others and so suicide is a no because you didn't bring about your life God did And you're not to take it because that's God's plan. And in His time, He's to bring that about. Same with the innocent. Lives of children. I'm talking about the value of life. That God made man. God started all this. You didn't start it. God established it. Do you see that? I have freedom to believe, number three, that God made man and woman. Number four, I have freedom to believe. Let's go a little deeper now that we've already ticked off a few people probably turned off facebook number four i have freedom in jesus to believe that that god designed marriage and human sexuality one man and one woman i was riding down the road the other day radio was on and i think it was on a country station and don't worry i don't listen to ugly country music when it comes on something ugly i just turn that off but on the good country music, I turned it up. I turned it up. But I listened to it, and that that uh, DJ said, well, said uh, Walt Disney World have decided that they're no longer going to open their parks with ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. They ain't saying that no more. And the lady said, I thought it was pretty funny. She said, I guess they're going to say, welcome, y'all. <laughs> if it was Southern, I guess they could do that. But they're going to say something like, like, uh, them and they and thou welcome to the most to happiest place on earth, or whatever they're gonna say. Look here, can I just say something to you? This world has lost its cotton picking mind when it comes to understanding what the Bible says. Can we just read a little of it? Look at verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion in the look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Look at this. Male and female created he them. Well, God, why did you do it that way? He had a reason for it. Look at verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said unto male and female them, Be fruitful. Now pray tell me how can you fulfill that if you mess up the first part of the male and the female part. And multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, have dominion over it. And he goes on. You know something? Listen to me very carefully. God designed one man. Now look here. This is mostly... And by the way, this is I'm not talking about anybody in particular. This is all of our families. Somebody, you live long enough, somebody in your line is going to get confused because they're watching television. And they're seeing every sitcom, the funniest lines written for any characters on anything happen to be the ones that are homosexual. And look here. I love people that are in that sin. I I don't love the sin. God calls it a sin. But I'm going to tell you what I call it. I call it something people are very confused about. There have been many people that have walked in this. I remember a man walking in this door years ago. And he told me, he said, I struggle with same-sex attraction. And Pastor, I need help. I'll tell you how ignorant I am. Terry, she laughed at this, but it wasn't funny to me at the time. I got such a burden to see people be able to be free, delivered from the bondage entangled by it. I found out there was a conference. I said, I've heard of a conference going on over in Raleigh at a church. And it was to help people understand uh, the confusion that has brought about this this same-sex attraction and marriage. I said, I'm going to look into that. And I looked into it, and I found... That conference, and I called and registered my friend, my new friend, at that uh, for that conference, and he said to me, and I thought, I think his motives were as pure. He's not in this church anymore, by the way. Uh, he moved away, and I said, I think his motives were as pure as anything that were. But he said, Pastor, I'm really I, I don't I, if I, I'm not sure I can go to that by myself. I said, Well, I tell you what, I'll go with you. <laughs> now look, wait a minute. I was just as pure in my motivation, too. I said, well, I'll go with you. I, and when the other people struggling, we'd go with them. We'd come alongside them. I went home and told Terry. I said, well, I'm going to a conference. My friend, she said, no, you're not going to a conference. <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and then I got to think about it. She was right about that. That would not have been a good idea. <laughs> but here's what I want you to know. Listen. We we make a joke about my foolishness, but it's not a joke for our friends who who we love, our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, our brothers, our sisters that are so confused. Listen to me. They look at us and they say, You're ignorant. No, we're not. We're Bible people. We have faith to believe and freedom to stand on God's word. And we know this their safety. And security within the framework of God's divine plan. And when we get outside of God's divine plan, then there's trouble and there's conflict, and we want to save them from that. But remember, we can't save them, only Jesus can save them. I'll tell you what, we can do we can love them. You know, you can love people without approving of every decision they make. I have freedom to do that. You say, well, I wouldn't do it. Well, you can do what you want to do. I had a man say one time, my kid coming I'll run them out of that. I said, okay, you can do that. I'm not doing that. I'm going to, I'm going to ask Jesus, Lord, show me how. These are my, these are, these are people I love. But I'm just telling you, i got freedom to believe. And you all stand on this. In faith, I have freedom to believe that God designed marriage, one man. Which means, the whole concept of non-binary, uh, sorry, homosexuality, transgender, sorry. I love you. I want to show you what God says. But see, here's the big issue. Listen to this. It's not an issue of them, uh, people uh, have different mindsets against culture. Oh, no. It's an affront to the authority of Almighty God. If you and I, I don't care who you are or what issue it is, you come to any issue in Scripture and you decide that you're smarter than God. You're better than God. You will not follow God. You're no different than when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and Satan said, you're going to be. he knew you'd become as God. You want to be a God yourself. Listen, you're, you might be a good person. You will never be a good God. You'll be a poor God. You'll never be. But I'm telling you, He's a great God. And He loves you and He'll forgive you and He'll redeem you. And there is no sin so great, there is no chasm so wide that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot span and bring together in faith a sinner. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Now, now that's God. That's what He said. By the way, you say, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, I heard this the other day on a, on a podcast. I, this real sharp young man, boy, he was smart. He was sitting on a stool and he was smart. His breeches were so tight. I don't know how blood circulated <laughs> even anywhere. Here's what he said. He said, well, I'll tell you right now, all these people preaching all this Old Testament law, and he was taking a position for trans uh, homosexual lifestyle. He said, I'm waiting for Jesus to speak on the subject. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. Do people really follow this kind of mindset? If you take a minute and look over to Matthew 19, you might find an interesting fact. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, if you're saved, went to the cross for you. He said something pretty important and quite significant. And if the words of Christ are in read in your Bibles, you might notice in chapter 19, Matthew 19, verse 4. Look, I'm talking about freedom this morning. Freedom that you have and I have, all because of Jesus. Did you see it? Matthew 19, look at verse 4. And He, Jesus, answered and said unto them, Have you not read that He which made them at the beginning God made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, man, wife, male, female. And they twain shall be one flesh. And that refers not only to emotional and spiritual intimacy, but physical intimacy that occurs only in a natural way between a man and a woman. Verse 6, Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore, look at this, God knew, Jesus knew, that there would be an affront to, and, a, and a, a, an attack on, on marriage between a man and a woman. Where there, What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Those are the words my friend of Jesus Christ our Savior. Now I got a couple more and I want to share them with you. I know it's 1048 not going to be long but I feel like we need to roll on through chapter 2. Number 5. You said, Pastor you never have more than three points. Yes, yeah, it's, it's July 4th. It's freedom. I'll say it like old William Wallace said it. Freedom. Number 5. I have freedom in Jesus to believe that the soul of man and woman never dies. Look at chapter 2 and verse 7. Did you know your body might die, but your soul will never die? verse chapter 2 verse 7. and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. and man became a living soul. Did you see that? Did you know your soul is going to go on living? Forever. Your daddy mentioned it when he was preaching here. Your body will die. Your soul will never die. It will go on living forever and ever and ever in one of two places. Either in heaven, which is where I want all of us to go. Together. It won't be the same without you. We won't all go together. Or it will be the other alternative, which is a place of torment called hell. And your soul will never die. It all started in the garden when God breathed into the nostrils of man. And man became a living soul. From that point, every one of the offspring, a living soul, living soul. You are a living soul. I didn't tell you, but last week I was preaching or two weeks ago in a little camp. A bunch of people were there. God was moving. It was the sweetest thing. And in one week's time, listen to this, 75 young people, professed their faith in Jesus Christ alone for the first time and became living souls. They were souls before. They are now saved souls. Redeemed souls. If you've got a redeemed soul, would you say thank you God right now? Just, just thank Him for that. And if you don't have a redeemed soul, i got good news for you. You can be free today on the 4th of July. If you're questioning it, you worry about it, you lay in bed and, and question it, listen, I want to tell you right now, There's freedom in Jesus. You don't have to be entangled with the bondage anymore, but free in Jesus Christ because of His shed blood on that cross that the soul of man never, ever dies. Number six, I have freedom to believe in Jesus, to believe in God, that God is the final authority and sets all bounds. God is the final authority and sets all bounds. Look at verse 16. Chapter 2, verse 16. And and the Lord God commanded the man saying Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat I want you to eat all of it Except but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Thou shalt not eat of it For in the day thou shalt eat thereof Thou shalt surely die Death happened Not just physical death But spiritual death But God has the authority Don't you listen to this Young people, you listen in particular because it's really hard right now. You have a hard time. You're you're about to be an adult yourself and have your own responsibilities and can make your own decisions. And it's really hard sometimes when your parents are still trying to give you some kind of parameters. But I want you to listen to it very carefully. God Almighty sets parameters. He sets boundaries. He's in charge. And even after your mom and daddy aren't anymore, He still is. God had the right and the authority to establish. He's the final authority. That's why He gives us a Bible. You say, I'll do what I want to do. Yes, you will. And you'll pay the price for it, you'll experience judgment for it. Listen, and yet, God says, I've got this book for you. I want you to have it. it. It includes and is my word. And if you'll take it and live according to it, you'll have joy. And you'll have victory. And you'll be one with me. And you'll hear me speak. This is what I have for you. And yet sometimes we think we're our own authority. Or that the government is the authority. There may be a day when they say something of you, you won't be able to do. Because the highest authority has already spoken in your life. And His name is Jehovah God Almighty. We stand on that authority. First and foremost, God is the final authority and sets all bounds you know why people are in trouble today don't you listen to me you know why church people are in trouble they don't open their Bible you open your Bible this week are you reading scriptures are you, find, are you in a Bible study you know what the lowest, some of our lowest numbers are formal Bible studies pastor I'm not proud of that by God's grace you'll turn that around your leadership I've not been successful in that Getting people engaged in Bible studies in small groups. <coughs> we have some. We have far more in worship than we do in Bible study. We need to get our foundation right. Ask these builders about it. If the foundation is not right, you know what happens? Cracks come in your life and messes. You say, Well, I've already had them messes. Well, then ask God to forgive you and get your Bible back down and build you your foundation that you should have had in the first place. Number seven. Did you know that I am free and you are in Jesus to believe that there's a real devil and that he's been lying and deceiving from the beginning. Now look here, don't you make him some uh, cartoon character because he's not. Look at chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said he shall not eat every tree of the garden. First thing he does is start questioning what God said, his word. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of one, there's one, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, Look at this, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil, and I could go further, but you know what happened? She did it. She took it. And I discovered in that little verse six. That her husband was with her. I always kind of imagine him being off somewhere and coming in and saying, Hey, honey. And her saying, Hey, I want you to take a bite of this church. No, no. He was right there. He chose willfully. And they both disobeyed God. And it all started with the subtle deception of the enemy, Satan. I want everybody to listen to this really carefully. Young boys and girls, I want you to listen. Mamas and daddies and single adults and seniors, I want you to listen to this. He hates you the enemy would love nothing more than to take you to hell to burn forever. But some of you are saved. Even if you're not right with God. If you're watching this, by the way, for the record, if you're watching this, He don't want you to come to church. He wants you to live in fear be scared to death and miss out on the fellowship God has planned for you. You know what a man in this church sitting right here this morning said to me? After a year of almost complete exclusion, he said, Pastor, you know what God's using in my life more than anything right now? Fellowship. I have to have it. Boy, my heart resonated with him. I have. And yet the enemy wants you to fear, and the devil is very real. If he's tempting you, if you're looking on a woman that you shouldn't be looking on, if you're living in fear because you're going through a hard moment, it's the devil. And the smartest thing you can do is realize that he is real, and he has been lying and deceiving, and he's lying to you, and he's deceiving you. And the truth, listen to this, shall set you free. Jesus is the truth, and His Word will give you truth, and it'll set you free. If you're riddled with anxiety and you're struggling, don't don't run to the peel bottle all the time. Some of you may have to have a little dab of that every now and then. But don't run to that for your help. Run to God. He wants to help you with that. Amen. I'm almost done. Two more. 10.56 Number 8 I am free in Jesus. I know what somebody's thinking. About. I wish you was free to close this message because 8 points is enough. But I, you ain't preaching. I am. Number 8 I am free in Jesus. To believe that we all are sinners. Will you look at chapter 3 and verse uh, 6. Middle of the verse. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also to her husband with her. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, And they knew that they were naked. And they sowed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It all started right there. Because of that, you inherited a sin nature. Are you listening? Here's the Gospel for you. You wonder why you sin. It's natural for you. You inherited that from your mom and daddy. They were sinners. And they inherited it from theirs. They're sinners too. All the way back to that garden. And you're a mess. And I'm a mess. And the only answer for that is Jesus Christ and what He did on that cross. And not just one time, but you need to remind yourself of the gospel every day that you've been forgiven and you've got a father in heaven and an elder brother by the name of Jesus. We are all sinners. We deserve hell. Aren't you glad? By the way, I heard that nine boys and girls profess faith in Jesus Christ this week in our CEF club. Let's thank the Lord for that. Nine of them. Now look, wait a minute. That's just the ones we know about. We scatter the gospel all over these counties. And more next week. And we're going to camp. How many of y'all total going to camp? 100 and, 108, almost 120 people going to camp. What are you thinking, man? There was a pandemic last year. You're taking 100. Now listen what's going to happen. A bunch of those kids are going to get saved, Pastor. And we're going to believe it. Pastor Cameron, are you praying over them at the close of this service so we can ask God to save a bunch? And not only that, not only save them, there's a lot of them going to surrender their lives to follow Jesus. <clears throat> they are going to be some preachers come out of that crowd. And some teachers and some leaders and some missionaries. Thank God that He still saves sinners and He'll save you this morning if you're lost. You just have to turn the reins over to Him and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And finally, I have freedom in Jesus. Boy, I'm so glad today as we celebrate independence and freedom. I'm glad that that I have freedom in Jesus to believe that God is gracious. Our God, one God, He's gracious and He pardons and He provided a sacrifice for sin in Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. The Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? You know how the next part he said, Lord, I, I'm ashamed for you to see me. I want you to look down to verse 21. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Well, why do you think he did that? Well, because there would be another one that would die. Just like that innocent lamb innocent animal had to die. In order to provide covering for them. Did you know Jesus was the innocent lamb that died for me and you to have salvation? Boy, God's so gracious this morning. You said, Preacher, I don't, I don't know if He can forgive me, but I got news for you. He can. He will. He brought you here this morning so He could. As a believer, you need to draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. I don't care, no matter what you've done. He loves you. And you have freedom this morning. Don't you listen to this? Some men died on battlefields. And Jesus died on the cross. That you could have freedom today to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In this church, get saved by the grace of God. You can have that. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. You know, when Paul wrote that little part I read in the beginning, stand there. Fasting the liberty where Christ had made you free. Boy, they, they understood he was riding the slaves. Rome had ground them in the mud. Their great desire was to be free. This morning, if you're saved, you've been purchased. Don't you let people, don't you let this world, don't you let the flesh, don't you let the devil bring you back under that bondage anymore. You're free. You're free to stand for God and believe. Do it sweet, do it fill the Spirit. Believe the Word of God and stand firm upon it. This morning, if you're lost, you're free this morning. You have freedom to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Right now, where you sit, simply cry out to God from the depths of your heart, Lord, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner and I deserve to go to hell. But I want you to save me and wash me redeem me. Please, Lord, I believe you. I believe You died on the cross, Jesus, that You were buried and that You rose again the third day. And I accept Your gift on my behalf. Oh, how great this gift of salvation. Father, oh, thank You for the freedom that we have in You. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the foundation You want to build, have built upon us. In Jesus' name, I pray for our students as they go away, as we pray over them. Lord, work in their lives. Do supernatural things. Ground them in a foundation that will help them understand the freedom that they have in you. And Lord, I pray for that sinner in this room who's never been saved. Save them now. And I pray, Lord, for we sinners, the others of us, (coughs) that are here today, will stand fast in the liberty where Christ hath made us free. Help us to not be ashamed, to not give up, to not back down, but to stand in Jesus' name.